Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's Political Panic is the name of the uh, artiste. You want me to send you a copy of that, Michelle, so you can put it in your... You can put it on a loop and play it over and over and over. Yeah, yep. I'll do that. How are you... How are you? Oh, I got in trouble again because I apparently said guys. <laughs> how are you, That is a badge of honor. Thank you so much. How are you beauties today? We're great, Roy. Yes. And here we are, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days after they vote, that I said was going to happen in February. Yep. You I called did. it, Roy. Yeah, 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 good on you, Roy. Yep. You did call it. I must say I didn't. <laughs> but I could have put money on it, right? I should have put yeah. money on it. I probably would have won a boodle. I would have won a, bo- a, a what? A boodle. A boodle. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that is, I would have won it. Yeah. <laughs> Not the boodle somebody won with a lot of max, fifty million last night. Wow. But I want a boodle and a boodle. One of these days I want a want a boodle. So here we are, uh on the on the Saturday after the vote. Tuesday night, I guess I mean you were all paying attention. At what point did you get the feeling that hey, this is this is not going very well for Madame Clinton. Michelle, let me start with you. Well, she was. She seemed to be coming on strong. She had a lot of confidence going into election day, and you know I was still very optimistic. They said it was going to be closer than um, you know they had initially predicted, but the pundits were all saying it was going to be Clinton, and that was my sense. But as I watched the returns, I started feeling sick. Why? Well, just it, just the way it was going, I was... Yeah, and I asked that I was, specifically because we talked earlier with uh, Dr. Frank Farley, psychologist, about people weeping openly in the streets and showing these... Oh, it's n- true. Emotional... I saw it. I saw it around my community. Yeah. And friends breaking into tears that, you know, the next day. They were just in total disbelief. It's an election. I know. It's an exercise in democracy. But they didn't see it as democratic, not when you see the, you heard the platform, the radical platform that he had. Forget about the, the misogynist views on women, just the, the radical. Like, but it was an election. People had a choice, and they made their choice. Young, there's young kids that are terrified right down here. Yeah. That they're going to be deported. You know and what's funny? Parents. A lot of them didn't vote, though. Yeah. 
that you know when they showed the the voting was you know quite well it was around half just under half yeah. so a lot of people that probably are now gnashing their teeth uh didn't vote we have what we have 30 states for trump 20 for clinton uh the house of representatives um is gop the senate remains gop the gubernatorial mansions are Republican and the two senators who turned their backs on Donald Trump, Republican senators got defeated. Boy, that's a mouthful. That is an expression of intent by the voters. That's that's a no doubt expression of intent. And really, I don't think the popular vote means that much because most of it is California. Well, not most of it, but most of the most of the separation between Trump and Clinton is California. Yeah. Linda, what about you? <laughs> Well, I have to say I was in shock, too. I was a guest of the U.S. Consul General, and there was a gathering in downtown Toronto, and i got to say the ambassador came on the big screen. This is all before the election. We love Canada. You're going to be our greatest partner forever and ever, and boom, boom, boom. And then, of course, the Consul General giving the same message. As I sat there and watched it come in, it was clearly going south for Hillary and the looks on some of the faces was utter shock. Right. Utter. Well, they're going to lose their jobs. Like in the room. There you go. Absolutely, <laughs> Catherine. And, you know, it, it, but it was just interesting. And I don't think anyone in the room, and I actually uh, was um, with a colleague whose husband is from the United States. And he was doing interviews, and he would say, oh, yeah, Hillary's going to win. It's, it's a done deal. It's happening. You know, Hillary's going to win. And then, whoa. I came home. It was still uncertain. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning to see that Clinton was declared the president. And I, Roy, you called it. You called well, it. Well, I did, but I was reminded, as I keep telling everybody, I was reminded by my callers. Whenever I strayed away a little bit from, well, maybe he's one of, maybe, he, the, maybe this time he's gone too far. No, he hasn't, Roy. He's going to win. Catherine, as you're watching on Tuesday night and listening on Tuesday night, at what point did you think, oh, do you remember uh, when there were moments? one in the morning. And I, I, I was up till 2.30 like an idiot because I like politics. As <laughs> Weren't you know. we all? Yes. I, and I have a Pilates class early the next morning, and boy, I was cursing myself the next morning. In any event, um, it, 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 was, it was not until fairly late in the game, I guess. Like I say, around one in the morning, I thought, holy mackerel, this is really going to happen. And I was, pretty, yeah. I was pretty surprised, pretty surprised. You guys oh. should have listened to me. <laughs> Never doubt Roy. Yeah, I guess we'll have to smarten up on that, yeah. on that camp. Yeah. But, you know, I don't recall. Maybe, it, maybe I'm missing something. But, I mean, all the, the left are out there caterwauling and, you know, whatever right now. They did it about Harper, to, maybe to a lesser degree. But they did it to, I can't recall, as a small-C conservative, who by no means agrees with conservatives all the time, but I am a small-C conservative, I can't recall ever ever that level of drama from from conservatives. You know, it's interesting it's you say that because I I had I had on the air with me crying and moaning like you know it, it just strikes me yeah. that yeah it's democracy you know you don't have to like it. You know what, I mean, but guys, listen. Uh, we had Dr. Zudi we had Dr. Zudi Jasser on earlier, yes, president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, co-founder of the Muslim Reform Movement in the U.S., and the author of A Battle for the Soul of Islam. We also had uh, Azra Nomani who's the investigative journalist and uh, wrote a column in the Washington Post, I'm a Muslim, a woman, and an immigrant. I voted for Trump. Uh, she's the author of Standing Alone in Mecca, An American Woman Struggled for the Soul of Islam. And she asked Dr. Jasser what her, his feelings are 
about what's going on, the rioting that's going on and the activity, the post-election activity. And he said that it's George Soros motivated. Oh, yeah. Well, and, that's, no, that's, but that's, let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. He, he talked about it being uh, a, a really concerning drift uh, with intent toward violence. And, and, and I've heard this the last day or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard and I've talked to some people in the U.S. Their concern is that there is a, I don't know, maybe it's a conspiracy theory, that there is an organized effort now to create chaos in the United States, and it's going to just continue and continue and continue until somebody stops it. Well, there was a lot of uh, information online today I was noticing about um, uh, buses that were bussed into some of these you know, so-called spontaneous yeah. riots. They weren't spontaneous at all. And Soros, at least for one, is I don't think there's any question that he's behind it. And he's been behind a lot of this kind of activity for a long time, so it shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. Um, what do, what's the sense in California, Michelle, going forward? What, what's your feeling? What's going to happen in, in, the, in the cities in, in California? Do you have any idea? Well, I think, it, you know, there's still the shock factor. But at some point, it's going to kind of... Uh, it will even out. I mean, it is, to, to everyone's point, ridiculous. The sobbing in the streets and even the protests, that's not going to change anything. He was elected. That's it. That's all. And part of it is going to be uh, how he drives this thing forward. He's already backpedaling on Obamacare and how many other things that sounded outrageous is he going to have to rein in? Because he's going to hit the brick wall himself. Like, I'm different. I'm not the politician. But he's about to find out that it doesn't matter what he thinks. It's how the bureaucrats around him do this. It's going to be a very interesting 100 days. Uh, It will be very interesting. Well, I spoke with Brad Wall, the premier of Saskatchewan, uh, earlier on the show when we talked about I'd like to be able to play back for you the segment where I spoke with the premier about his call on Justin Trudeau to remove the carbon tax idea that he has in place but the unfortunately the connection with the premier was so bad on the phone that we really can't play that but I asked him for his thoughts on Keystone and on NAFTA and uh, have a listen to that and then we'll ask Catherine Michelle for their thoughts and Linda. So let me ask you in about 60 seconds if you could combine the issue of Keystone XL and NAFTA, the, they're on the table. They have to be on the table now because Mr. Trump's put them on the table. Well, obviously for Keystone, it makes us very hopeful. And I hope that the federal government, that even specifically Mr. Trudeau, has reached out to the folks on the transition team and, and raised it with, the, with the Trump when he talked to him on the phone. Here we have a signal from the United States that a project of huge importance to Canada, to our energy sector, a, a project that could get us to Tidewater and ensure that we have more than one customer for our oil and therefore access a much higher world price for the resource that Canadians own. I hope that he's raised it immediately. I hope they're working on a plan to advocate for this to make to ensure that it, it is part of the first hundred days even and, and, and a promise kept by the by the president. We are in Saskatchewan. We're going to we've already engaged with our US representation to try to formulate a plan for that. And with respect to NAFTA, if the Americans want to reopen it, then we need to do that. And again we need to be proactive there. That agreement is vital to our economy, that free trade agreement, uh, and we need to be uh, protecting Canada's interests there. And I, I hope the federal government has, A, uh, reached out already, uh, 
and B, has a plan uh, formulated and being developed to defend Canadians' interests, uh, both proactively on Keystone and also perhaps a bit defensively on NAFTA. So there's uh, Premier Wall. Catherine Swift, you represented the small business community, the engine, uh, the, the engine of, the, uh, of the Canadian business community nationally for, for many years. What do you hear the Premier saying, and what's your advice to Mr. Trudeau? Well, uh, well I think it makes I, I did listen in earlier on your show, Roy, and I heard, uh, I heard both the bad connection and the <laughs> subsequently... It suddenly got better, right? <laughs> but um, to me, this should be such a no-brainer. Um, the Keystone it would be a huge deal to Canada. Uh, the, the hypocrisy with which the anti-pipeline, you know, constituency were fine on having gobs of oil shipped in from Saudi Arabia, for goodness sakes, but we can't get our own oil to tidewater, right, to, to a, a, an ocean or down to the U.S. So Keystone, this should be priority number one for our federal government right now, uh, Trump has said he's in favor of it. He would approve it. Well, let's get that done. And NAFTA. Catherine. Well, NAFTA, you know, that that is a, a, a big question mark right now because, of course, as Michelle mentioned earlier, of course Trump's backing off some of the more deranged things that he said as well he should. But NAFTA is a classic example of that. And there's been I know there's been a little bit of talk. Should we be proactive and say, okay, what are we going to do with NAFTA, you know, and not wait for it to be delivered upon us, whatever form that may, that may take. Because obviously NAFTA is a huge deal to Canada. U.S. is by far our largest trading partner, as we are to them as well. And, we, again, the government needs to be proactive. I don't get the sense it is being from anything I've seen, but maybe there's stuff going on behind the scenes. But I, I haven't seen any indication of that. Uh, you talk about uh, pipeline hypocrisy. I'm going to be speaking with Philip McAleer tomorrow for a little while, uh, Irish film documentarian who was uh, at the site of the North Dakota uh, pipeline protest. And what happened to Philip McAleer, people will want to hear. It's, it, call, it, it, it uh, required uh, North Dakota State Police intervention. Um, Michelle, uh, you worked with Mr. Trudeau. Is he likely to respond favorably to Premier Wall's calls? Uh, with respect to the pipeline, yes. I'm, I'm not so sure that he is going to be quite as prepared to hit the pause button on, you know, the carbon issue. I, I, I'm not convinced of that. But I, I do think with respect to the pipeline, uh, he'll be a lot more receptive. But there are various things that he should, as, as Mr. Wall said, maybe consider hitting the pause button on. Things that can impact our economy, and particularly adversely, um, that may, depending on which way Trump, the Trump administration goes, could all be for naught. So... I'd definitely be hitting the pause button on okay. this. We have about 30 seconds. I understand somebody's birthday's coming up. Is that right, Linda? Is it my birthday? Well, <laughs> I we had a call from someone who... Well, I guess that's a blonde moment. December 16th, Beethoven's birthday. Um, but that's not coming up yet. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, I just yeah, want to just... Don't rush it. Don't rush it. <laughs> oh, yeah, do I need another birthday? Anyway, uh, I and I have ten. Linda, Linda, I have ten seconds. 
American cousins, if you want to come to Canada, do it before NAFTA gets changed because there's a free float of people and it might be tougher. That's all I want to say. All right, beauties. Michelle, Linda, Catherine, thank you. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Okay. Who knows what will happen between now and then. (laughs) 